Cynic Empowerment. Last time on Cynic Empowerment. It keeps getting worse. Uh, the former chairman of Purdue Pharma, his name was uh, Richard Sackler. Dick Sackler. <laughs> no. <laughs> what the fuck? Who the fuck names their kid Dick Sackler? Dick Sackler. Sackler. <laughs> the goddamn... The fucking... What the fuck? Dick Sackler. <laughs> Uh, Goddamn simulations getting pretty weak. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, Oh, this is this is interesting. Idaho man banned from Yellowstone after cooking chicken in hot spring. What the fuck? I feel like it's a really environmentally friendly way to do that. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that it wouldn't surprise me if native peoples took advantage of, right? I mean. You know, you have limited resources. This is like an endless mm-hmm. resource. Just go and take advantage yeah. of it. Um, uh, like harnessing uh, uh, <laughs> thermal energy. I mean, that could possibly save a lot of our... Yeah. Uh, uh, well, I don't know. It, I don't know what kind of repercussions uh, it would have to ultimately shift from fossil fuels to thermal energy. But, yeah. It, Caitlin found it to be pretty interesting. Yeah. I think it's kind of like... A, it's kind of the inverse. Like at first it's like, Oh, what an idiot, you know, cooking chicken in a hot spring. And then on the inverse, it's like, actually I'm more upset at the Yellowstone national park for not allowing people to just do this anyways. Like you don't have access to some type of cookware. Like this is probably the healthiest way you're going to be able to do it. Just boil your chicken in a hot spring, man. Like what, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. <laughs> like, I I guess the thing that I wouldn't like is if, you know, you had, I don't know. The hot spring that started being filled with food refuse. Oh, yeah. This became this nasty, greasy <laughs> pond. Just, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Just this thick layer of just chicken grease mm, just delicious. sitting on top of it. Yeah, that'd be hard to get rid of. Yeah. I guess. So it's not probation. <laughs> Group of ten. There's a lot of people there. So did they go with the explicit ext- like intent of we're going to go all the way to Yellowstone? Yeah, he had two whole chickens chicken. in a burlap sack. He was, you know, basically had a a, a tea bag that he was boiling some chickens in. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, it just seems like a lot of effort. Yeah, for not it really a lot does. <laughs> I could cook this chicken at home, or I could put this chicken in a bag, hope yeah. it doesn't thaw out and get nasty. And uh, yeah. cook it uh, in this hot spring. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's like uh, like he wanted to go on like a little backpacking trip. But even then, like carrying chickens around. Like, yeah. 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 No. It, it, no, that's, no one does that. It's not logistically sound. <laughs> no one does that. This guy that. was just doing it for the lulls, I think. No. And the fact that he got banned. I mean, yeah. they slapped him with a fine. So he was probably like, ah, that hurts a little bit. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. being banned, like, like he probably gives a shit. Yeah. He's from Idaho. Yeah, only for two years, okay. too. You can come back in two years, it looks like. <laughs> he comes back, he's got, he's got more chickens. <laughs> Worth it. Yeah. yeah. I'm moving on up. I'm bringing a pig. We're doing a pork Ew. boil. A pork boil, is that a thing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like pork a pork roast, but boil. sad. <laughs> <laughs> Who has access to boiling water that doesn't have access to a fire? <laughs> Just roast a pig. <laughs> Apparently, yeah, people exactly. in Yellowstone that are trying to cook explicitly from hot springs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gosh. Sauced? Uh, I'm feeling kind of sauced, man. You, you drunk? Uh, 
I'm so sauced. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm, exa- I'm exhausted. I'm sauced. I guess that probably would be more applicable. <laughs> I'm sauced. I'm feeling real, real yeah, moist. No, I mean, you're going hard right now. <laughs> I'm well lubricated. All right. So, um, um, so what all do you want to talk about? We got. Today? I like this one. GameStop is having a TikTok competition for its employees, and one of the prizes is ten extra labor hours. So I think that's hilarious. Uh, GameStop limits the number of hours they give their employees, so they mm-hmm. have to scrape by. And uh, if you want some more hours, you can win this TikTok competition. And instead of winning a cash prize, you get to work ten more hours that week. <laughs> oh, it's it's not even that week. You know, the extra labor hours during Black Friday. Oh yay! That's when everyone wants to work. Yeah, that's literally the worst time to work. Uh, have you have you God. worked to uh, have you worked retail during Black Friday? No, at, like, no, 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 no. Unfortunately, uh, well, okay, no, I probably have worked Black Friday at Traders, mm-hmm. but it's like we don't have sales, so no one comes there. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's not like a there's no. Yeah. So I have, but it doesn't matter because well, that's, that's not. Yeah, that's the thing about Black Friday, though. I, I feel like the the places that I've worked where that was applicable, um, just. Uh, basically uh, the the brewery in the total place, uh, the wine store, uh, they still had a major increase, uh, a tick up in traffic, but mm. we didn't offer any sales either. And if they were, they were marginal, like nothing different than what we would offer during any other holiday or, um, yeah. you know, maybe just if we were trying to really push up an end cap or something like nothing special. Um, but just because people are getting that consumerist mindset and, I don't even know if they perceive there to be a sale there. Like they, there's an assumption that the sale is going to be there or if it's just like a herd mentality thing where like, well, everybody else is out shopping. So maybe I should be out shopping too. Yeah, I should be probably. one of these people that are falling for the, for the consumer capitalist nightmare. Don't, don't want to miss out. Yeah. Don't want to miss out. I could like, I don't know, maybe they offer sales on TVs at total wine, you know, like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, how yeah. about that? Yeah. Right there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, the TV mounted on the wall, it can be yours. <laughs> yeah, it can be yours now for retail price. <laughs> same, yeah. same as it was. Uh, that's ridiculous. Who would go through all the work to... Well, okay, you could also get a $100 well, Visa gift so, card. Like, well, the thing is... Yeah, I mean, I guess that's fine. I don't know. Just the... Uh, I I despise team spirit anything tied to a corporation i i hate it i hate it so much Mm -hmm. i hate i hate the dressing up for the holidays i hate the special events things i hate the little team competitions themed on the company making little whatevers i just i hate all of it i hate it so much (laughs) so much i I, just disgusting it just feels like it's like I'm already I'm already being exploited by you fuckers. Why am I creating free content in support of you on top of all of it? Right. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It just it's it's the worst. It makes you look like you're okay with the whole thing. Uh, yeah. Like look at all these smiling employees. It's so great to work here. It's probably more of an HR commercial than it is advertisement for the business. Yeah. So they can show it to either new hires or prospective exactly. new hires. Yeah. 
Look how happy these people are. Yeah. Yeah. I know you've heard some bad things about GameStop and the fact that it's funded at least in part by Microsoft. Uh, is going to insinuate that you'll be compensated appropriately. And, and look at all of these people over here who are having such a great time producing what is effectively free advertising for us. Exactly. Um, yeah, we, we're going to do you right. We're going to do you right over here at GameStop. Like, sure. Yeah, I get that. Um, yeah, I, I feel like that's a pretty common thing in general. Like, the, like in, try to incentivize harder work with the promise of more work. Uh, yeah. It's like, hey, I'll yeah, give you yeah, a shit you know, sandwich. Not everyone... Oh, sorry, go on. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a shit sandwich if you eat this shit sandwich. <laughs> it's like, right. I don't exactly. want either of them. <laughs> it's like, we have a real hard time finding good workers here, but you know, if you if you show you're willing to go the extra mile, you'll have as many hours as you want here yeah. at GameStop. It's like, wait, what? What does that mean? Oh, well, you know, if you work your fucking balls off then you know maybe you will uh be able to work your way up to manager where you get minimal benefits as opposed to lowly regular employees who don't yeah the lowly regular employees that have not secured enough i guess formal working hours per week in order to demand that they receive legal benefits yeah uh or the inverse when you're talking about like managers and i say inverse intentionally they're the antithesis of the working class like god they are terrible people don't be a manager anyone out there that's a manager don't be a manager yeah i mean it's uh i don't know i feel like it's like a fucking catch-22 right where it's like yeah i mean they are technically still part of the working class just working for the fucking traitor bourgeoisie right um They're, they're fucking oppressing their like their their fellow working class uh with the hope that they're going to be compensated slightly more, mm-hmm. you know, they're effectively police officers. I mean, it's in it's in like the same vein. Like, sure, there are some good yeah. managers out there, but right, the no. whole system yeah. is fucked. Like, you can't have anybody that's acting as a slave driver, uh, or you know, at best a foreman, yeah, uh, and expect them to do anything positive for the people right. at the bottom. Exactly. And if you were to do something positive for the people on the bottom as a manager, you would get fired. Mm-hmm. Like that's how it's built. Good managers uh don't last. <laughs> yeah, they act in the they favor of the company, the you know, the the owner of your company. Um and the more that their behavior is in line with the expectation of of increasing uh the amount of labor extracted without uh compensation as yep. as reciprocity the more they're favored and looked upon as being a value from the company and even then yep. they're being exploited in turn and it's like because they're they're working harder and harder to try to exploit the people beneath them right and then you have tier after tier of managers and 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 oh, ceos yeah. and cfos and c a b c d's i don't know a bunch yeah. of stupid I get- acronyms I guess, I guess, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, all I'm just trying to say is just, you know, managers are being exploited too, you know, they usually a lot of times when you accept that sweet, sweet manager gig, you go from being an hourly employee to a salaried one, but you're only given, you know, a limited number of hours to give to people to work underneath you. And so, and you have to fill in all the cracks in between, right? So you, you go from working you know your 20 hours a week or whatever to now you're working 80 hours a week but mm-hmm. realistically only being compensated for 40 mm-hmm. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. like okay <laughs> what a what a scam 
Oh, like, it's a huge fucking scam. It's a huge fucking scam. I, I, but I, and so, yeah. And so, like, I'm not trying to defend them, but I'm also just, like, yeah, just trying to point out that they're equally being exploited in this fucked up system. Mm-hmm. And they, they should hopefully realize that, you know, they're on the, the working people's side, not the, you know, capitalist side. Mm-hmm. <sighs> that would be nice. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of people probably know that it, I, I feel like those conversations get just pushed to the back. Um, yeah. or, you know, the, the internal conversations, they just get pushed to the back of your mind because over time, if, if you're going to be successful, especially in the corporate realm or any type of hierarchical, uh, uh, business model, uh, then you kind of need to be able to compartmentalize those parts of yourself that feel inorganic and, um, just say, Oh, well, I'll worry about that after I pull my paycheck. And then by the mm-hmm. time you've done that, you're, you're already trying to recruit for the next day of, of perpetuating an exploitative cycle. And mm-hmm. hell, like there's, there's no end, uh, to before you know it, you're 45 do. years old with, uh, no life experiences outside of GameStop as a GameStop manager. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of a terrifying <laughs> concept when somebody offers you salary. Uh, cause I feel like that's, that's like the, the turning point in your life where you either make the conscious choice to not be, uh, indebted, uh, at least like take, taking all your time and, uh, giving it to a company, uh, yep. versus, you know, still being paid by the hour, uh, where at, at the very least, like, you know, that that exploitation is going to be compensated on an hour by hour basis. Right. Um, I mean, I guess like a bird in the hands worth two in a bush. So, you know, maybe still being on salary sounds like a better deal, but right. I don't know. I feel like all of these conversations, no. like I, even as I'm saying these words, I feel like my, uh, my rhetoric is, is useless because you still have the aspect of exploitation regardless. It, it doesn't really matter how much someone's being compensated because there's that differential between what they're making oh, yeah. versus what their owner is making and yeah yeah i mean yeah uh, yeah yeah uh, yeah they wouldn't be hiring hiring you if you cost more than you were <laughs> making them yeah. i just need to get that tattooed on my thigh man. yeah <laughs> uh, yeah and, and it's common sense we all know it you know it's just there's some people out there that think that's a problem and there's some people out there that think that's totally fine and so mm-hmm that's if you were the, to win this prize, though, couldn't you just call in sick? I mean, couldn't you just be like, look, I'm <laughs> thinking I might have COVID, actually. Uh, yeah. This is actually so, rough. Yeah. I'm going to keep the $100 gift card, and I'm going to pass on the labor hours. Uh-huh. And they short-staff those stores so hardcore that <laughs> when oh, you yeah. also do call out, they're like, they're they're not they're not gonna like try to bully you to come in. They're gonna like immediately start pleading. Just be like, please, 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 please come in. Like I really need help. I can't run this store by yeah. myself. There's only right. two of us. It's Black Friday. Exactly. That's how you know when they're in the pinch. It's it's the it's the differentiation in in the manager's voice. If they're angry, like they realistically don't need you that day. Yeah. They're just trying to make you feel bad. So for when they reprimand you later, you know. You, you you know you had it coming, mm-hmm. but if they're pleading, then you know 
Everybody's that they like, need you more than life itself. They're on a sinking ship, and they're like, yeah. please help me. Get, grab a bucket. Please help me. Yeah, please. Yeah. <laughs> I'm dying over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't care how many the, the customers. Just in, yeah. in flames. It's in a strip mall, but only the GameStop is on fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. It's incredible. I, I tried to work at GameStop one time, actually. Did I, have I oh. have I told the story on the... You, yeah, you have told me. I think it's been on the podcast. I can't remember. Okay. Yeah. It was an odd experience. I'm really glad that it didn't work out. I was a dad yeah. overdressed for the interview. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah. It was one of those things. Oh, my God. I had a similar thing of being overdressed for an interview. I uh, Oh, my God. I was living in a really... I mean, I, um, I guess bad part of town of san diego and i was just literally applying to everything because i had no job and it's horrible to try to live out there and i think it was uh like a dollar tree or something like that but i dressed nice in and uh to hand over my resume and stuff like that in person and the guy was looking at me like i was a fucking alien from mars just like what the fuck are you doing here (laughs) i think he might have even alleged something it's like you know like it's dangerous over here right like people have gotten attacked in the parking lot like you know where you are right like wow (laughs) you you know like letting like telling me all this and i was like he was probably in his mid-30s okay so he wasn't old enough to not understand that millennials had like a shit situation coming out of college yeah uh or, or yes he wasn't but old enough not to understand that yeah so like yeah. why was he looking at you like you were all alien and stuff i feel like he would have been like because oh, yeah, i was this well-dressed uh nerdy looking white guy in a multi-racial poor part of town oh was the guy was the guy interviewing you black yeah he, uh, he was a hispanic guy he was hispanic okay um, with, and everybody in the store were, were they were they non? Yeah, there was no white people. There was no. no white people. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> yeah, man. Oh yeah, segregation's over, right? Oh yeah, no, no. Well, now the thing is, like, the funny trick is now is like it doesn't. Where the wealth inequality is so big that there's no, you know, legal justification saying you know blacks can't live here, but it's just based on uh, wealth. Yeah. Uh, historically they don't right and then maybe every once in a while you have that one family that rises up and uh manages to get into the all-white neighborhood and they can be the one black family there but even then i feel like a lot of black people would be like why would i want to live over there none of my friends or family lives over there right everyone's gonna look at me fucking weird mm-hmm. uh yeah there's not a lot of clarence thomas's running around um oh and and I think that that there's definitely something to that as well. Like you're raised in a particular area, and that's going to become home regardless of what the what the infrastructure around the area in which you live looks like. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, I don't I don't have like I I have lived in very rural places in my life, um, but I I don't think of I've never lived in a place that was like objectively a, like a rough neighborhood. Um, yeah, like I've, I've had rough neighbors, you know, like, like singularly, or maybe even a family of rough neighbors, but I feel like everybody's got that, you know, um, it's not like you can completely just avoid, uh, any and all conflict that could potentially arise from being in an impoverished area, you know, because everybody's going through something different. 
Yep. Um, but I do remember growing up in, in Western Kentucky, uh, there was, uh, there was this like, um, it was, you know, it was a really old town, like a really, really old town. Uh, and there was a, a, a park that I would drive through in order to get home from school. And that was like where all of the government projects and things like that were. Um, and all of the houses were at the very least substantially smaller than the part of town that I grew up in. Yeah. Um, I mean, they were like maybe 20% the size, like extremely small. Uh, and a lot of them were in really bad shape. Uh, people would spend a lot of time outdoors. Um, they would, you know, they would walk around in the street. They had very small yards and they would just kind of like congregate all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember thinking as a shitty kid, like, why are these people always congregating in the road? I'm trying to drive on the road and I can't get past because all these people yeah. in the road. And I'm like, like looking back, it's like, they didn't have any fucking space. Like the, the amount of, uh, the tracks of land that their houses were on cumulatively, the amount of people that were congregating in these areas were not the size as the average plot of land in the area of town in which I lived in. Yeah. So it made a lot of sense looking back, even though at right. that, that point in time I was like, can't drive my car comfortably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am being inconvenienced right now. These yeah. savages. Yeah, right. And, you know, why would they do this to themselves? Why would they... <laughs> Why would they mm-hmm. not move somewhere else? It's like, well, <laughs> I mean, their family. Yeah, that's uh, incredible. Man. Speaking of move somewhere else, uh, did you get a chance to check out the article about um, the Kentucky uh, State Police uh, PowerPoint that had three separate quotes from Hitler in it? Oh yeah, gosh, what that's pretty the rough. Huh? Fuck, dude. Because at first when I read it. I was like, there's no fucking way. I was like, uh, uh, you know, like maybe at one point in time, you know, Hitler said the word, I love you, right? And it was taken out of context and they quoted, attributed it to Hitler. But it's like, nah, dude, it's like fucked up Hitler quotes three times. You would think that, wait a second, Hitler said this? Maybe this is bad, but nah, nah. He proudly attributes it to Hitler, keeps it. Yes, that's absolutely ridiculous. Lieutenant Kurt Hall... Is, is that the person who wrote this um, this little manuscript here? Uh, I believe so. If it's on the front of the PowerPoint, then yes. Okay. And what's even more incredible is this story was made uh, uncovered by um, high school students here in Louisville. Like this wasn't done by the local news team or it's like some other whatever. This was uh uh the manual red eye which is just a high school newspaper like the high school newspaper is doing better journalism than like the fucking local news yeah i, I agree uh and that, that's kind of funny how that works out <sighs> maybe it's the amount of time that they have on their hands i don't know i like why why in the world would a, a young journalism establishment like that you know one that's potentially more inexperienced than, um, you know, the more tenured institutions around the area be finding these things in lieu of, I don't know, what is what, what are the big newspapers in Louisville? We've got the uh, Courier Journal. That's oh, it. yeah, That's Courier Journal. Okay. okay. Yeah, and it, they might not have had anything to say about this. Maybe it's because it paints them in a bad light. You know, they're, they're kind of tied 
to the police force in a way. So even if they right. do say something explicitly like, you know, mentioning the violence of action uh, and, um, you know, encouraging their officers to be ruthless killers and have a mindset void of emotion and to meet violence with greater violence, you know, all of those things, uh, you know, off the cuff sound absolutely terrible. You know, you, you don't ever want your police officers or to just be rolling around like, uh, right. like the, the goddamn Punisher, uh, which is a bothersome symbol. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> well, what's incredible. So like what, like the, uh, fucking PowerPoint, it kind of just starts off with all like the kind of like propaganda and mentality you would expect, um, a police officer force would want to impose on those police officers of like, you're so brave. You're the good guys. You're going into war to, you know, bring peace to, you know, your communities and, you're like a fucking Spartan, urk-a-durk-a-durk, right? You, you see, like, the little pictures that are associated with yeah. the PowerPoint? In the first picture, uh, the first slide, in the upper right-hand corner, you have a, a knight that is standing on the chest of another knight with his sword aimed at his throat. He's obviously defeated. <laughs> <laughs> and he's about to stab him in the neck. What the hell? Uh, it, it it's a it's intense. But what I so like what page is this? Uh, it doesn't tell me what page into the PowerPoint this is. But what it's incredible. So on this page, it has um a quote from Gandhi, and then right after that is a quote from Hitler. So you've got a Gandhi quote followed up by a fucking Hitler quote. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so it, maybe uh, it's, find this. Um, it there's it's a lot got of slides. A, there's a lot of slides. It's pretty far in. It's pretty far in when he starts pulling out the Hitler quotes. So it goes, uh, so the Hitler quote is, and I can fight only for something that I love, love only what I respect, respect only what I at least know, which I'm like, what the fuck? What context? What? Oh, they also <laughs> only quote fight- uh, Uncle Ben, with great power comes great responsibility. Oh, yeah, the Batman, yeah. Oh no! Wait, no. Uh, fuck. Uncle Ben. Spider-Man. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Spider Man. But they also had some Batman quotes in there too. J.R.R. Tolkien. Oh, Man, they are quoting people every single slide. Everyone. It's mostly just a book of quotes. I do not love the bright sword for its sharpness, nor the arrow for its swiftness, nor the warrior for its glory. I love only what each defend. Mm, yeah, that I, sounds I, fascist. A, yeah, seriously, I. Uh, <laughs> Well, it's almost as if this guy fancies himself an intellectual because most of the PowerPoint slides is just quotes. Like, it's not telling you what you're going to be doing. It's like, here you go. Here's some quotes. Strictly voluntary. (laughs) Here's 5,000 fucking quotes. It's all about the freedom of choice, boys, and some people make the wrong choice, and you got to set them straight. Things a warrior must protect. Religious faith, family, sense of humor. You must protect sense of humor? Hell yeah. <laughs> that was a bad joke. On the ground. <laughs> yeah. Get on the ground. Get on the ground. You don't think I'm funny? Laugh at my joke. Laugh. <laughs> like, what the fuck? You must protect health. What? I'm going to shoot all the germs out of the air. Um. Oh, my God. God. Okay, I got to tell you about this slide. What is a warrior? Did you read this slide? Um, I've halfway read everything, so maybe oh, go on. Go okay, for it. so what is a warrior? An individual dedicated towards fighting for a worthy cause that in the end will benefit more people 
than himself. And we have four pictures that are scattered across this page. Uh, and I'll, I'll save the quote for the end. <laughs> you tell me if you can guess what who said it. Okay, the first picture over here, we've got... Uh, looks like uh, a helicopter landing. It's very dusty. It's hard to see. I mean, the whole thing is like a grayscale picture. And a bunch of people crawling around on a beach in vests. Uh-huh. Another one with like some Navy SEALs that are in a pontoon boat. They point guns out. And the last one, and the most striking, I must say, is uh, a group of people that seem to be fleeing away. You know, in this like desert scenario, it's it's absolutely arid. There's no trees, nothing. Yeah. And in the in the foreground of the picture, you're looking down the sights of a gun, and it's pointed at that group of people who's running away. What the fuck? Yeah. Okay. So here's the quote: "I chose this life. I know what I'm doing. And on any given day, I could stop doing it. Today, however, isn't that day, and tomorrow won't be either." You said that. Who? Bruce Wayne, Batman. <laughs> Good God. This is what a clusterfuck. <laughs> Not to mention, like, the angry eagle that's superimposed on the background. Oh, every fucking slide. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. incredible. Oh, man. This is, there's so much good content here. <laughs> there's a lot of, there's a lot of militant, uh, Oh, what is what is that? Oh, it's Milton as fuck. Oh, he's got like a little Spartan picture there. He thinks he's a little Spartan boy. Oh, yeah, I think that's the one with the Hitler quote. Or maybe not. He might oh. have used the Spartan one. Oh, no, times. it's totally right there. Yeah, yeah. It, it's right there. It, and it's in belief. He's got Gandhi right there and Adolf yeah. Hitler right underneath it. <laughs> yeah. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? It's like, what the fuck, man? He's also quoting what? Attila the Hun. Dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it, it's a this is a fucking hot fucking mess of worst uh powerpoints ever and that's like it was it would be a terrible powerpoint without the hitler quotes but obviously the hitler quotes uh deduct from whatever shitty score it would have had otherwise mm. Jesus. oh here's a good quote for fascisty uh killing justification uh, if you believe nothing is worth the loss of a man, then you set yourself up for failure and create unwillingness to commit to the fight. It's like, wait, what? Oh yeah, uh, don't question authority. <laughs> like, just fucking do it. Like, we know yeah. better than you. Uh, with it or on it, a popular Spartan motto. <laughs> what? With it or on it, uh, I, I, I think it. I think he means with your shield or on your shield, indicating that you should fight until you die. <laughs> Lovely. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure he's quoting the that like uh, the cannibalization of history. Uh, what the the Frank Miller movie, the 300. Um, <laughs> Such a clusterfuck. Yeah, it's so bad. And he's got like. Oh. Some of these pictures are just like dudes holding swords that look like they're out of an RPG game. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a warrior must be a leader. Okay, so that's kind of well, like it's insinuating a little bit of like hierarchy. Well, uh, it's just like, yeah. Um, oh, okay. So here's the last two Hitler quotes, I'm pretty sure, because I think they underlined them. I think this one, one, okay, this one may or may not be one. I'm not for certain, but the next one definitely is because he attributed it to Hitler. So here we go. So one is be the loving father, spouse, and friend, as well as the ruthless killer. Oh, so uh, what the fuck? The ruthless killer <laughs> one. There it is. 
I don't, I don't, no, I don't, no, 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 I, I don't want ruthless killer cops. No, thank you. Please, no. And then uh, it's followed up by an Einstein quote and then another Hitler quote. The very first essential for success in a perpetually constant and regular employment is, is a perpetually constant and regular employment of violence. Jesus like, Christ. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> R- regular Wait. employment what are, you, what are you talking about like it's not just in reaction to some other kind of thing like it's you, like you, no you have to be constantly fucking violent he's got like a little he got like a little timer on his phone he's in the middle of like a routine traffic stop you know license yeah. and registration oh it seems like your tags are expired and then this little timer is just like beep 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 and he's like time for the regular employment <laughs> he drags yeah. the guy out of the car and just starts beating the hell out of him <laughs> yeah Yep, this oh is it. This is part of being a Kentucky State Police motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know your like, rights. <laughs> you you know your rights. You have none. Ha 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 ha. How about this, Jimmy? A looming thought: If we had no engineers or no doctors for a generation, it would be difficult. But if we had no warriors in a single generation, <laughs> we would be both damned and doomed. Actually, uh. If you got rid of all the warriors everywhere all over the earth, I think would be okay. Yep. It would be the, a, a fucking yeah. paradise. Yep. Yeah, if we had no warriors and everyone else had no warriors, yep. then guess what? There's no more warriors. Literally so. the exact Problem opposite. solved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Problem solved. I think he's insinuating that it's like, but if we had no warriors and then there were other people who were doing the things oh, we don't want them to right. do. Of course. Oh, I was wrong. Another Hitler quote. Fuck yeah. <laughs> That's uh, oh my god what uh okay so okay what the fuck all right so this page is titled it all boils down to this and i'm going to read you the non-hitler quote part and then the hitler quote part so this is the non-hitler quote part the value system eliminates hesitation you become hard to kill once your value system is in place i'm going to say that again Yikes. the value system eliminates hesitation you become hard to kill once your value system is in place, insinuating that if you have no hesitation, then uh, you can't be killed because you already killed everybody. Everyone's dead. Dead people can't kill you. That's what that's insinuating. Mm-hmm. And then the Hitler quote is, it is always more difficult to fight against faith than against knowledge. What say the fuck? Say, say that one again. It is always more difficult to fight against faith than against knowledge. What yeah, the fuck? totally accurate. I totally yeah, agree with that. Like, it's like, like I can't prove that there's not a pink unicorn on the backside of the moon. <laughs> yeah, but you so since you can't, you can't <laughs> prove or disprove a non-verifiable statement. So yeah, based on that alone, yeah, it is uh, more difficult to fight against faith because it's not based on any fucking thing. <sighs> yep, uh, totally true. And I think it's all of these. It's the um, the institution of these these value based measures that show the reason why um, the like um, I mean to to simplify it the all cops are bastards movements uh, you know the the abolition of law enforcement um, has uh, a little bit of solid ground you know these folks are obviously being indoctrinated to believe that there is a war going on. And that they're the good guys and all the people that are outsiders are, at the very least, not like them. 
you know, at the very least have some type of different value system. They haven't taken up the mantle of responsibility, the warrior's code, the willingness to put someone, you know, oneself in harm's way in order to protect the greater good, you know, whatever that value right. system would insinuate is the greater good. Yep. Um, and, and thusly, you know, that, um, uh, what, what is, what is the animal that they're commonly associated with? And it's like, basically they see the rest of, uh, this, the citizens that they're trying to protect as being uh, sheep. And then they're, the, oh, yeah. they're the bad wolves. And then you have, I guess the hounds or something like that, or, you know, some kind of like sheep dog, like a sheep oh. dog maybe, uh, is, yeah. is protecting the herds. And, you know, on occasion, maybe if you're trying to, uh, you know, protect the herd, and the herd gets in the way when you're trying to kill a wolf, you know, right. however you would define the wolf is, you know, of course you'd have to yeah. revert back to your, your value system in order to figure out who's a wolf and who's a sheep. Who knows? I, I think the sheepdog does always know this difference, always knows the difference between a sheep and a wolf. So they can make that judgment call independently. And when they do, you gotta, you gotta quell that, you know, you, you gotta immediately, you know, call the herd, <laughs> Like get yeah. get rid of that bad thing that's going to eat everything else. It's a destruction of our society, man. <laughs> it's that looming thought. You know what happens if all the warriors go away? Yeah. What happens if all the sheepdogs go away? Yeah. I do find an issue with the whole like no doctors or engineers thing. It's like yeah, that pretty sure that our our society would go to shit immediately. Yeah. But, oh yeah. <laughs> we can't uh, build buildings and uh, all the sick people are dying. But yeah, uh, yeah society's fine. <laughs> totally fine nothing nothing to see here the extrapolation from that thought is so primitive in nature it's like well it's so fucking primitive yeah what if we were which, just like aztecs again <laughs> which is yeah exactly it, <laughs> exactly literally uh and uh if it, it, it just when you thought it couldn't get worse the next slide following the hitler quote is uber all is which i believe was uh deutschland uber all is i think was like the national anthem i don't know if that was strictly under nazi germany or before i'm assuming it's a nazi germany uh fucking anthem and uh which is now banned in germany but he thinks he's a cool little deutscher so he's he put uber all is in there oh yeah it invokes a (laughs) a perception of the specified country as superior to others or having a supreme status when compared to others so yeah he's he's a straight-up supremacist it's just like what the fuck like this couldn't get more white supremacy if you wanted it to be i mean it would be hard i mean i guess you could you could have threw some more like you could put some like kkk people in there replace some of like the knights templar with kkk people but yeah. uh, that, that's about it that's the only thing you could have done that, that's a yeah that's a um a symbolic stand-in uh for people that think that kkk is too on the nose or not not a pure yeah. enough concept right to represent Especially, the values when you take like the Knights Templar and you know impose them with like what they were actually doing mm-hmm. uh, back in the heyday of murdering Muslims in their homeland in the Middle East, yeah, you know it's a pretty good stand-in. Well, the Knights Templar are effectively cops. Like they they were they were being utilized by uh, uh, powerful feudal forces, uh, you know, and in a lot of instances the church uh, right. in order to conquer. Uh, you know, go around and like you know supposedly punish these people for wrongdoing but it's a land grab you know we're we're in it for the loot <laughs> yeah uh, literally like this one a, a wicked man only knows evil so a cruel messenger must be sent to him you know they kind of like vindictive yeah uh, thing exactly. that it seems like all of our 
you know, all, all of our justice system is based on. You know, like somebody does yep. bad, we must do bad to them in return. So, yeah, but what is that? What good? What good comes out of that? Like, we all know about the Count of Monte Cristo. We all know he's not happy at the end. Come on. <laughs> it doesn't do any good. Like, Jesus. Uh, so stupid. Um, yep, there's that Adolf Hitler quote again. Yeah. Oh. It's it's insane. And oh, my God. Wait, there's another one. Wait, there's yeah, three. Yeah, I, I was wrong. Yeah, I thought he didn't attribute two of them. But, no, he attributed... All three of them, and then there's the the one other part that was underlined that may or may not about about the ruthlessness or whatever. That I don't think that one's directly a Hitler quote, but it's just you know, uh, just all the characteristics you don't want your police officers to have of mm-hmm. advocating for ruthless violence. Yeah. Uh. So yeah. Yep. I was wrong. He 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 attributed all three. He knew exactly what the fuck he was doing. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, Uber always. Oh my it, God! Is this like? This has got to be fake. There's. No I mean, way. you 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 could almost like if you just like got rid of the fucking uh, American Eagle and just threw a Nazi flag on the background, it would be the same exact slide and connotation. Like you could you could have you could have just presented this to fucking Nazis and been like, hey. You know, you're not going to like everything you're doing, but, you know, the Jews are vermin, and uh, you you just got to do this because uh, you're the sheepdog, the Jews are the wolf, and uh, if, you wanna, if you want a nice country, you know, this is what you're going to do. You're not always going to like it, but you know you're going to do it today, and you know you're going to do it tomorrow because Batman said so, and Batman's also a Nazi, <laughs> and uh, here you go. Yeah. yeah, I'm pretty sure Batman's a fascist. <laughs> yeah. Right, you ha- right. It's like you have all the money and all this power, but you instead of using it for you know some greater good, you're just individualistically, personally trying to take out random villains. Like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are that's you like doing? A, you're larping. You're, you're, you're just LARP. fucking larping. <laughs> you're spending untold sums on these these fantastical designs for uh you know weird uh grappling hook. Cable yeah. toe the gliders that allow you to only fall gracefully. Like it's, <laughs> yeah, it's a waste of money. And the car, like come on, like the Batmobile, <sighs> it's excessive. Like who needs that? It's a it's a tank. You're under you're riding around on a tank. It's so militant. <laughs> like yeah, it be be a Rorschach. No, don't don't be a Batman. <laughs> yeah. Go yeah, live I mean, a life I think, of homelessness. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. At least Rorschach puts his money where his mouth's at. He has mm-hmm. no money, so it's his easy no for money. him to do. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, this makes me so sick. It's so bad. It's so bad. It's disgusting. At least we know that this is going to have some kind of repercussions, right? Like, well, at, well, you know, not. I don't want to speak too soon. Like, I mean, obviously, it's still going to be a fucking. Uh, shithole fucking uh, establishment, right? That's that's not going to, you know, suddenly just start making the world a better place. But uh, after this uh, got reported on by the uh, manual high school students, um, as of November uh, 2nd, the Kentucky State Police Commissioner resigned, and there was no mention to this uh, material um, being any part of it. It kind of got sweeped under the rug, of just uh yeah he resigned uh the governor uh fired him <laughs> and yeah so i don't know so if it was to come to light that that 
uh, change uh, changing in the hands of or uh, the the power changing hands uh, was due to uh, f- uh, either some type of corruption, foul play, um, yep. maybe some su- supremacy that was you know going on that was you know slowly working its way into uh, the uh, in- in- indoctrinating slideshows <laughs> to train right. new police officers um, to be that, ruthless killers. Yeah, if that was explicitly the case, what type of what type of repercussions could there be uh, for the the public in mass to understand that that was the reason that this person was let go? And if and if so, like you know, why why cover it up in that in that particular instance? I mean, it seems like they would try to like avoid like some kind of uprising. They would try to avoid some type of um, retaliation against the idea of the police force as like a, some kind of like pure entity that's there for good. You know, they're there mm-hmm. to protect and serve. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. If anything, it's probably just Bashir trying to cover his own ass for getting at least <laughs> trying to present to be getting rid of people to be, you know, air quotes doing something. But I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you don't work yourself up to becoming a commissioner of any police department without, you know, um, agreeing to the status quo of what that, sim- that system represents and what it does as a uh, establishment. So, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'm not expecting anything necessarily, uh, big and positive come out of it but maybe uh the best we can hope for is that in future powerpoints there won't be you know direct hitler quotes there'll be indirect hitler quotes or something you know Mm -hmm. that's what we can hope for indirect hitler quotes maybe some you know fewer quotes quotes from robert e lee you know yeah um work your way down the uh fascist food chain mm-hmm. less less uber alas and, and you know just yeah. like superimposed on a single slide with yeah american exactly. flags three american flags three separate american flags if oh. you count the one in the background yeah Bruh. Bruh. yeah it, it's insane it's mm. insane gives me the willies it gives me the willies it gives me the it, uh, willies Ugh. what else gives me the willies so this is like uh this is a different kind of disgust discussed like this is your brain on neoliberalism in a nutshell (laughs) article is titled child labor doesn't have to be exploitation it gave me life skills by (laughs) elizabeth sabali and everything about this article pisses me the fuck off so there was this lady elizabeth sabali and she was born in malawi one of the world's poorest nations. And so the reason why I say that this article is a fucking article that is, oof, excuse me, uh, your brain on neoliberalism. Oh, and I'm pissed at it for a couple of reasons. So the title of it uh, gives you kind of a poor uh, idea of what the article is going to be about. It's it's tan, it's kind of related. It's so the Elizabeth Sabali person, um, she was from Malawi, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but she's from there. And uh, when she grew up, she had to basically help with chores around the house. Now, the chores around the house were a lot more arduous than you would think of, like, first world nation chores of, you know, put the dishes in the dishwasher or, you know, clean your clothes in the laundry machine. A lot of, like, the manual labor that required to do these chores, such as fetching water and stuff like that, uh, was no small feat. Mm -hmm. But she basically tries to use... (laughs) Uh, this labor that she did as a child to justify the concept of child labor. <laughs> yeah. 
It's like, it's well, like, what the I fuck? had a good experience looking back. It taught me a lot of good things. Yeah. To put that in perspective, though, like you mentioned explicitly the um, the water fetching, I did a, yeah. a you know quick little little calculation there. The twenty liters of water that she carried in an aluminum bucket on her head over the yeah. course of a two kilometer journey weighs so like forty four pounds. So she carried forty four pounds on her head for what about a mile? Two kilometers? Is that about a mile? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, and I'm not saying yeah, I'm not trying to That's hard. Down, yeah, yeah, no, it, yeah. Very it it's hard and work. It's absolutely like why the fuck like I'm watching these people like carry this like these buckets on their head and it's like, man, if if they could just get like a trailer and they could pull the trailer along, they could like put all those buckets on the trailer or they have like a tank. Well, right. But that's like a a resource issue thing, right? You know, you work right. with what you've got, and these people have very little, and so right. this is what they got. So I'm sure they'd be they using do. it if they had it. Yeah, right. Uh, um, it's just like it's amazing just how even the a small, like a very small amount of technology. Like I see in this particular picture, I don't know, just thrown out a guess, maybe 30 yeah. people walking on that, walking on that dirt right. road. Uh, yeah. They're barefoot. Uh, they they all are carrying the water on their heads. Some of those buckets are pretty damn big. And yeah. then I'm here in you know Clarksville, Tennessee, and I can't travel a single mile without seeing a giant ass truck with a huge trailer on the back of it towing oh, yeah. nothing. You know, yeah, they, they could carry so much it. water in that truck. Yeah, yeah. There's absolutely nothing in it. Ugh. Or the you know yeah, it's just big trucks in general that aren't carrying shit. I never see yeah, things no. in the trucks. It's just a big exactly. ass truck. And but yeah, and so and like there is a part in this f- stupid shitty article where she does try to say of like, oh, there was um, a recent article in the Guardian, and that's where this article comes from, the Guardian, that was mm-hmm. talking about the exploitative uh, um, tobacco farming practices in Malawi of uh, people under the age of fourteen. And yeah, I think that's bad. But even still. I think labor's good, and, <laughs> and you can do good labor. You could do the children can do good labor to learn skills, and basically making an argument of you know not all of these uh, people are going to be able to do jobs that uh, they aren't going to be able to get job skills from their school. So their parents have to teach them these life skills, so that way they can you know make a life for themselves in this uh horribly poor country and it's like yeah that's all true but why are we putting like like you've already mentioned how first world country uh billion dollar tobacco companies are just sucking all the the wealth out of this poor country just sucking out all the possible tobacco wealth uh it's like why why instead of trying to justify uh uh people's current status quo of why they have to teach their kids life skills like why aren't you instead decrying the fucking multinational companies that are sucking all the wealth out of your third world country that that wealth wasn't being sucked out maybe they wouldn't have to carry buckets on their head you know it's like kind of one of those like uh arguments that it's like yeah, I guess if we're just going to all accept that the world's going to be shitty forever, why, yeah, I guess, I guess, yeah, sure, fine. 
yeah, then sure, parents should be able to teach their kids these life skills so they don't starve and die. But I don't know. Shouldn't we go further than that? It's basically it. And that's why I hate this fucking article. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty bad. Um, there's a little off to the side. It stands out against the, the background. There is an African proverb by crawling a child learns to stand. Now, <laughs> in and of itself, that little snippet, sure, great proverb. You know, like people are going to yeah. learn in incremental steps. And as you gain experience at each step, you'll be able to push yourself to the next step and so on and so forth. Sure, I get mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. I think that the extrapolation here and what they're ultimately you know, trying to say via this comment is that on a global scale, there are many countries that are having uh, a, a difficult time developing. And they don't necessarily yep. um, give way to any reason as to why they haven't been able to develop exactly. aside from their own work ethic. Exactly. It's like, yeah, we've if we just, you know, pulled ourselves up by our bootstraps and mm-hmm. did some more child labor, then maybe we too could become like the West. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and in, in and of itself, like, I, I don't think that uh, laboring is a general concept. I think that there are certain types of work that children can potentially do and have it be meaningful at a developmental stage in their life. However... Doing any type of work that is relatively exploited, exploitative, especially on an international level, because they are involved in a supply chain that is producing uh, a, a resource that many people are addicted to. I mean, like it's just it's all kinds of bad. Because if you don't yeah. have these people who are in impoverished areas making shitty tobacco to perpetuate a cycle of addiction. Um, and have those resources ultimately extracted from them, literally like just robbed from their their very bodies. Like yep. they don't have any kind of recourse. They don't have any other kind of choice. Yep. And and then it falls to the children. You know, they, like the the ideologies of parents that are like, oh, look, we don't understand what else we're going to be able to do. So we need to impart that on you as early as possible. That there's really nothing that you can do about it either. So what you need to do is just take this bucket and put it on your head and walk with us because we need the help. We need the money. There, there's exactly. no way we're going to be able to eat if we don't have this money. Exactly. And I think the part that makes me even more mad uh, about the article is I can imagine some suburban wine mom reading this article. And instead of being exposed to a new idea of the reasons why a country like Malawi is uh, so impoverished and how the resources are going to be sucked out. Instead of being left with that and thinking about the world in a new way, instead they're going to have some little fun tidbit of like, oh, Margaret, uh, if you think about it, child labor isn't that bad. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like that's what they're going to take away from it. They're going to, if they if they previously had a tinged view on the idea of child labor, that maybe after they read this, they'll think like, oh, well, maybe some child labor is okay. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that and that's a part that that makes me fucking furious. There's a little um a spin-off uh, article uh, over to the margin there. It says five myths about child labor. And okay. that actually does kind of go into a little bit of the you know like, oh, well people think that it's all terrible. Well, let us show you why it's not so bad. Uh, it's like, why God. would you be writing about this? Like you're 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 definitely like Imagine somebody is on the Senate floor, right? And, yeah. uh, you know, the, 
everything's going fine and dandy. Maybe there's a little bit of like apparent corruption going on, and then all of a sudden, Senator Palpatine gets up to the podium, <laughs> yeah. and he's just like, "Now we must restore order." And everybody's <laughs> like, "What? What's happening? What's happening?" And you're just like, "Hey, everybody." Let's just give him a chance. It's okay. Yeah. Everything's it, good. Exactly. Like, let's hear him out. We we uh, we appreciate free speech, right? Yeah. He's in a fucking dark. He's in a cloak. Yeah. He's in a cloak. He's got his face hidden because he got burned by Mace Windu. Like, come on, man. What are yeah, you? Yeah, but the procedures say everyone gets two minutes to speak, and I think we should hear him out. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, and henceforth I should be called Darth Sidious. And they're like, guys, yeah. he's a Sith. He's a fucking Sith. They're evil. And he's like, he's still. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, 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 he still has a minute 30 seconds to make his point. (laughs) Them's the rules. That's the rules. We are a uh, law-abiding galaxy. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Holy shit. Yep. Yeah. Mm. It kills me. And then, and I I don't know, like, um, she also tries to uh, uh, quote Gandhi to make an excuse of like why uh, child labor is dope because he said something good about child labor once. And then I went and I was like, I remember like reading some shitty shit about Gandhi. And then like I went and I read a bunch of shitty shit about Gandhi. I don't know if we have time to delve into that. I can if we want, but sure. Yeah. If you want to. Okay. So basically, okay. So within the context of anti-imperialism, Gandhi was good, right? Gandhi wanted to break away from uh the UK mm-hmm. and uh put um India on its own you know independent course right uh so from an anti-imperialist uh lens you can see Gandhi is good but from uh like the internal workings of like his actual ideology and stuff like that Gandhi was fucking trash uh, he was basically a traditionalist that wanted to maintain the status quo of the, of the caste system. He just wanted to, you know, change a couple names of it and gussy it up. And that believed that if India just basically followed its traditional path and trajectory, you could have a, a great and mighty, mighty India. And it, it's, so, it's so bad, too, because there was a guy at the time named um, Dr. Uh, M. Uh, Bedkar, who was uh, a politician who was part of the untouchable class within uh, India's system. And uh, under, I believe he was a politician at that time. I can't remember uh, what, uh, um, I think he was like, may have been whatever the head uh, position within the uh, Indian government, um, that basically they led a reform that allowed for untouchables to get representation mm-hmm. uh, within the government. He he was the um, India's first minister of law and justice. Okay. Within that post, uh, they were able to pass this thing, which is like a huge thing for India, right? Because, um, I mean, everything that was bad about Jim Crow, not to minimize Jim Crow, like the untouchable class in India was just as bad, uh, possibly even worse, which is like hard to imagine, but it was just incredibly bad, just incredibly bad. Let's just say for purposes of me being a white guy in the United States, let's just say it's just as bad. Uh, So uh, he, but basically, so they they, they fought for this and they won. And then uh, Gandhi began a fast starving himself um, and would not stop starving himself until they took that away. Mm-hmm. Gandhi was starving himself and using his life as a tool to take away the representational rights 
of untouchables in India. Wait, what? That's how much of a piece of shit Gandhi is. <laughs> Gandhi, st- they gave untouchables the right to vote. And then he said, I'm going to literally starve myself to fucking death. Because he thought the caste system was necessary? He thought the caste system was necessary, and he thought that it was bad. So how does one become an untouchable? You're born into it, so it's all hereditary. Ew. So all the caste system, yeah. Ew. So you can't get and you can't get out of it, except for this Embedkar guy, like at the time when he became, because he was an untouchable, so he, he's the ex, the exception to the rule. I guess these things do occasionally happen. Oh, but at that time, I think only 1% of the untouchables were um, literate. Um, so like it was, uh, an unstoppable feat for the, uh, impossible feat for this Embedkar guy to reach the, that, those heights within the Indian government. And obviously as an untouchable himself, uh, wanted to I- improve the quality of life of these people. And I, I, I screen capped some of the good quotes from the articles that I was reading. Mm-hmm. Let's see here if I can find them. Cause like, there's like some pretty good saucy quotes here so i'm just going to read a couple and we'll get an idea and we can talk about it but firstly gandhi was against machinery and modern civilization in contrast to embedkar argues that modern machinery enables humans to have leisure and leisure in turn is the primary precondition for culture and civilization to thrive Mm -hmm. which make human life worthy of its existence so you've got you know embedkar who's you know was an untouchable class Mm -hmm. who had to do a lot of the manual labor in india were like hey Actually, machinery makes our lives easier, so we're for this, but Gandhi, as a traditionalist, was not for it. Here's another quote. The Gandhian prescription for an ideal society was to establish a perfect caste system. Till 1922, Gandhi was an ardent proponent of the caste system. He saw great value in caste and openly advocated for its continuation. Next quote. It was a preposterous situation. Privileged caste Hindus were segregated themselves from untouchables in every possible way, who deemed them unworthy of human association, who shunned their very touch, who wanted separate food, water schools, roads, temples, and wells, now said that India would be balkanized if untouchables had a separate electorate, and Gandhi, who believed so fervently and so vocally in the system that upheld separation, was starving himself to death to deny untouchables a separate electorate. What an asshole. <laughs> Dude, yeah. And it's like, and it never fucking gets talked about. And so, yeah. And it's, it's just kind of, yeah. So it, it's it's unfortunate. Just to put a little bit of that in perspective, I'm kind of reading over Embedkar's personal, uh, his, his, his early life story. And yep. they make mention of his experience as an untouchable. And I, mm-hmm. I honestly, I, I didn't know just how bad it was. Uh, being discriminated as an untouchable in India uh, prior to uh, Embedkar's, uh, um, you know, founding of... He, he wrote the fucking Constitution. Like, he, mm-hmm. he did, like, a lot for India. <laughs> and Yeah, and we never fucking talk about him. All we do is talk about Gandhi. Never talked about him. So, uh, although he was able to attend school, Embedkar and other untouchable children were segregated, and they were given little attention or help by teachers. They weren't allowed to sit inside the classroom, and when they needed to drink water, someone from a higher caste had to pour that water from a height as they were not allowed to touch either the water or the vessel that contained it. This task was usually performed for the young Embedkar by the school peon. That's an actual word and not just some type of discriminatory... I, Okay, so to, to give you an idea, peon, do you know what that's yeah. short for? 
I've only seen peons within uh, Warcraft as the orcs. They're the ones that build stuff. Yeah, so a peon, actually, it's this, it's from a Spanish... Uh, well, it's, it's Spanish origin English word refers to someone that is subjected to peonage, which is a form of unfree or wage labor in which the laborer has no control over the employment conditions. So the child labor is that a fancy way of saying slave? It, it's it's <laughs> about it's it's a type of slavery. Yeah, it's it's effectually effectively wage wage slavery. Yeah, what the fuck. So people who are um are forced into uh, wage slavery or peons huh yeah which is really shitty because then you take the person who doesn't have any choice they have to pour the water for the untouchables so that gives you an idea of just how bad the untouchables right. have it right it's like yeah the peon uh, it's like oh it sucks to be you peon you have mm -hmm. to give the untouchables water yeah and it's like and he later fuck. writes if the peon was not available then he had to go without water describe the situation later in his writings as no peon no water which is effectively Kropotkin's conquest of bread in a nutshell <laughs> And yeah. he was required to sit on a gunny sack in which he had to take home with him. Whew. So that's yeah. it's really saying something, especially when you consider uh, you know, all of his 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 alma mater, what he ultimately rose to in terms of, of uh political office. Um, right. the fact that uh, many untouchables, like you mentioned earlier, were Ill illiterate uh, and didn't yep. receive help in, in their educational careers. And then you had this bitch Gandhi who <laughs> like was like born of one i can't remember which of the caste system but on a higher part of the caste system yeah. right and wanted to say that he was like the spokesperson basically in bedkar and gandhi were fighting over like who was going to be the representative of the untouchables and gandhi's like no it's me and bedkar's like doc i am an untouchable i get that you're gandhi but like come on dude and gandhi's like no i will literally fucking starve myself to death if i don't get my way it's like what the fuck like what the fuck uh <laughs> what the fuck mod bania have you ever heard of that? Uh, no. Let's find out what what kind of class that is. But like, uh, but to make like an extra layer of like stupid bullshit. So basically, Gandhi wanted to make the Untouchables' life better by just like changing their names. So instead of calling them uh, Untouchables, he wanted to change their names to God's chosen people without like increasing the rights for them at all. When uh, Embedkar was like, "Nah, dude, that's just like that's bullshit. Like that's that's just patronizing trash." Like, instead, we should call them the oppressed people because that's what they are. And Gandhi's like, nah, dude, God's chosen people. <laughs> if we call them that, then it makes it all better. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to find uh, Father of Madhvaniya cast in the Varna of Vishnu. Oh, my God, that is so complicated. Yeah, it's super complicated. I mean, I think it would take an entire episode to try to uncrack the uh, complicated caste system of India and give it a fair shake. But uh, I just, yeah, it's just... Um, but like, like the thing is, so it's just like an extra layer to the uh, Elizabeth Sabali's child labor um, article that when she like quotes a quote from Gandhi, right? You know, from a Western perspective, it's like, oh, Gandhi, like that saint from India. If Gandhi says child labor is good, it must be good. But then when you actually like look into Gandhi and his life and what he stood for, it's like, oh, Gandhi thought machines were evil. And that all the manual labor was supposed to be done by the untouchables instead of machines because that was more pure. And uh, and he was a traditionalist. And so uh, maybe he was okay with child fucking labor because his brain was stuck in ancient times. Not because he was some holy saint that we should have reverence for. 
you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, and, and then, and then when you think about the Kentucky state police having a Gandhi quote and then a Hitler quote, maybe it makes sense to have those next to each other. Maybe it makes, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Gandhi's uh, not Hitler. Uh, I'm just kidding. It's a joke. <laughs> Within within the context of anti imperialism, he was good, but outside of that, he was trash. Yeah, it's yeah, it's not nearly the way that we've been uh, led to believe. I, and that, I feel like this is happening just increasingly more so. Like once you once <laughs> yeah. you flip over the rock of whatever given, um, right? I mean, Gandhi's not a technocrat, uh, but he is like a, he's the opposite. <laughs> yeah, he he's like, he's a stick and stoneocrat. <laughs> he's stick and stoneocrat. He's he's one of those like symbolic examples of. Of like uh, goodness, uh, uh, saintlyhood, yeah, pacified, uh, nonviolent protest, um, right. and even though he was like he was doing that from a functional perspective in the correct way, uh, he wasn't doing it for the right reasons. Um, yeah, and, and there are just like countless examples. Like I was looking up Mother Teresa the other day, and mm -mm, mm -mm. <laughs> yeah, right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and like I would, I was always taught like her name is supposed to be synonymous with like. Caring for the poor and making sure that everybody's okay, but apparently that was not the case. Like, yeah, the the areas in which people would congregate in in her um, in those houses that she had uh, administered to, uh, or or you know yep. like set up, were treated fucking terribly. Not to mention like all of the anti-abortion um, uh, um, legislation that she encouraged. Uh, and her stance yep. on that to encourage the Catholic community had set the Catholic community back, uh, you know, many, many decades because of yep. her clout within that community. So she had a right. lot of power doing the things that she did, and she didn't use it responsibly. Listen to Uncle Ben, Mother Teresa. Yeah. God. <laughs> it's incredible. Isn't it? Like all of these... Um, like demagogues that we were supposed to like look up to over the course of our lives, just like flip over a rock and it's like they're actually shit. They they were actually yep. really bad people, and they were respected for the wrong reasons. Well, it's like the uh, Malcolm X quote. Um, what was it? Like the media will have you, you know, um, hating uh, the oppressed and loving your oppressors, right? Uh, it, that sounds like something Malcolm X would say. <laughs> Uh, I think I found it. If you're not careful, the newspapers will have you hating the people who are being oppressed and loving the people who are doing the oppressing. Yep. There you go. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there you go. That's I, it in a nutshell. Yeah, Malcolm X got so many good quotes, dude. <laughs> He's so good. He's so good. <laughs> He's got so many good quotes. <laughs> um, I think I think Mother Teresa was the last person to have a devil's advocate for her. I could be wrong. Um, because like that used to be like a technical thing of like whenever someone would ascend to sainthood, that they would have someone who was a devil's advocate who would make the argument for all the reasons why uh, someone shouldn't become sanctified or whatever. And mm -hmm. so the last person to have a devil's advocate was Mother Teresa, and the devil's advocating was done by Christopher Hitchens, the known atheist. Yeah. And um, if you go and look into that, you can get like a pretty good insight of all the shitty shit about uh, Mother Teresa, and I think after um, that event happened, I think the Catholic Church has um, banned the use of devil's advocacy uh, for sainthood in the future because I guess she, he dragged her through the mud so thoroughly that they're like, nah, we can't, no, we can't have this be happening to our saints. <laughs> <laughs>
We gotta we gotta draw the line right here. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's like no, no, thank you. Oh, but geez. yeah, I think there's some tasty bits in there if you want to go on a deeper dive of uh, why Mother Teresa isn't uh, all we've been led to believe she is. Yeah, I I, I guess like the takeaway from a lot of this is that uh, the 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 superhero uh, tropes that have interwoven themselves into our culture, and I think are probably uh, a runoff, a, you know, a byproduct of this belief that some kind of singular leader or king or, uh, a, a, you know, religious icon is going to save us from all of the terrible things that are going on in the world. Um, like this is, this is totally false. You know, it feels good yep. to be able to put all the responsibility on one person in order to save humanity or to act as a representation of how we should all be. But yep half of the story is not good enough. And even yep. then, like these valuable people are going to make mistakes. There, there needs to be a more mutual involvement. And there's no way that people are going to be able to be mutually involved without the means to do so. It's like whether, whether it be respect in a religious community that was, uh, priorly, uh, dogmatic and exclusive or whether it's an economic system that only reserves economic rights and and privileges for people that have the means to be able to um uh utilize them um yep. you know whether it's a, a you know a, a race-based system uh which i guess would be like um india or you know the modern united states you know mm -hmm. in which you, you you're born into certain castes so therefore you're expected to uh, uh, succumb to power structures that you had no uh, representation in forming. <sighs> Burn it all down. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yas, queen. I don't have any suggestions. <laughs> Slay. Well, I, that note, I think, uh, are we time? Is it ready to wrap this thing up? I think it's ready. Yeah, I think I'm ready to wrap it up. Let's do this. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you would like to get in contact with us, you can do so by emailing us at cynicempowerment at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you there. You can also like us on Facebook at Cynic Empowerment, or you can tweet at us on the Twitter at Cynic Empower Me One. We would love to hear from you. It would mean a lot to us. And if you enjoyed listening to the show, please, for the love of God, please, for the love of God, please like and review the show. It means a lot to us, and it helps other people find us. Yeah. Yeah. It helps you find us like... Uh, a small child labor that actually oh, is God. in every single opaque-faced vending machine that you've ever bought a soda from. They're just in there, just sitting on a little stool, and whenever you oh, put your dollar in, they take the dollar, and they're like, oh, yeah, this is a this is a crisp, clean Washington right here, and they immediately like put it in like a little lockbox because that's going to go to the owner of the vending machine, and then they have yeah. to like pull out a little thing it's all refrigerated in there they're they're just chilling their balls off so, constantly. so cold and they take a little, little little coke and they like they drop it down there um <laughs> then that's that's how you get your sodas from a vending machine god damn it that's how it works <laughs> that's incredible uh find us like a uh high school newspaper finds uh three hitler quotes in one fucking powerpoint <laughs> that's fucking amazing <laughs> it's like a it's like a where's waldo but for fascism yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh 
a rather nice obvious one. Like <laughs> the, all of the Waldos are, are waving Nazi flags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I go, oh my God. Yeah, that would be fucking easy as hell to spot. Yeah. It's like, holy shit, why did no one notice this before? <laughs> yeah. God damn it. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs>